This podcast is called Do Inconsistencies in the Gospels About What is Written on Jesus' Cross and Validate that Jesus Christ was Crucified on the Cross. There are those who would like to confuse Christians and those who are interested in becoming Christians by inconsistencies within the Bible. Are these inconsistencies significant enough to invalidate that Jesus Christ died on the cross? I will use the New King James Version of the Bible, and it's often shown within parentheses NKJV, and internet resources when applicable to research the different inconsistencies and see if they are significant enough to disprove that Jesus Christ died on the cross. I will try to put my analysis and opinions within brackets for those who would like to study this research further at https colon double backslash biblical proof, all one word, dot blogspot.com. Otherwise, I will try to preface these for those who are listening to this analysis on the Relate to the Bible podcast. Additionally, the Bible will at times use he and him in the same sentence, so I will note who is speaking or being spoken to if it is unclear. That portion will be in brackets on the blog site as well, and that is a blog site I felt led to create. And then when I make these podcasts, I try to, the ones where I'm analyzing different things in the different passages in the Bible, I try to put those on so that as soon as possible, you could see them. I mean, sometimes it's a a day or two or or so, but that you could go and see it if you want to analyze it and check for yourself. First of all, I will locate and list all the Bible passages that refer to the inscription on Jesus's cross. That way I can more easily compare what inconsistencies exist, if any. Matthew 27, 33 through 37 says, And when they had come to a place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. But when he had tasted it, he would not drink. Then they crucified him, and that's Jesus, and divided his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And I looked it up. I mean, it was in the footnotes of my Bible, and it said that came, the prophecy came from Psalm 22, verse 18. Sitting down, they kept watch over him there, and they put up over his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Mark 15, verses 22 through 26 says, And they brought him to the palace, the place Golgotha, which is translated place of a skull. Then they gave him wine mingled with murder drink, but he did not take it. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him, and the inscription of his accusation was written above, the king of the Jews. Luke 23, verses 32 through 37 says, There were also two others, criminals, led with him, and that's Jesus, to be put to death. And when they had come to the place called Calvary, where they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they divided his garments and cast lots, and the people stood looking on. But even the rulers with them sneered, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he is the Christ, the chosen of God, 
The soldiers also mocked him, coming and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are king of the Jews, save yourself. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. John 19, 17 through 24 says, and he, and they're talking about Jesus, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of a skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him, one on either side and Jesus in the center. Now Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Then many of the Jews read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. Therefore, the chief of priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier apart, and also the tunic. Now the tunic was without seeing, woven from the top in one piece. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, whose it shall be that the scripture might be fulfilled, which says they divided my garments among them and for my clothing, they cast lots. And again, the footnote in my Bible said that was from Psalm 22, verse 18. Well, the first inconsistency that stands out in these passages is in John 19, verses nine, in verse 19, where it tells that Pilate wrote the inscription on Jesus's cross. Is this significant? In my opinion, the other three Gospels didn't mention who wrote the inscription. In that it didn't mention who wrote the inscription doesn't mean that Pilate didn't write it or have it written. Even if the other verses had said other people wrote the inscription, it still wouldn't have proven or disproven that Jesus was crucified on the cross. And Luke 23, verse 37, it says that the inscription was written in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. Is that significant? In my opinion, and that the other three Gospels didn't say that the inscription was written in Greek, Latin, and Hebrew doesn't mean it wasn't. They may have just written what the inscription said or meant, regardless of the language, or how many were included in the inscription. On the other hand, even if the other Gospels did say it was only written in one language versus Luke saying it was written in three languages still isn't significant and doesn't disprove that Jesus was crucified on the cross. Also, each of the four Gospels describe differently how they divided Jesus' clothing. Personally, I feel that's just examples of different writing styles. Some describe with more details and others just put the facts. Even if there had been significant differences in the Gospels about how they divided Jesus' clothes, wouldn't have disproved that Jesus was crucified and on the cross. Another inconsistency is that in John 19 verse 19 says Jesus of Nazareth the king of, of the Jews when Matthew 27 37 says this is Jesus the king of the Jews Mark 15 26 26 says the king of the Jews and Luke 23 38 says this is the king of the Jews again although there are minor inconsistencies in wording in my opinion it basically says the same thing you will find out if you watch this brief video by J. Warner Wallace, an L.A. cold case detective, who tells that witnesses rarely report things exactly the same way. The YouTube video, and, and the title of, it, of the video is, Were the Gospels Written by Eyewitnesses? It is a very good video. 
but I'll tell you how to get to it. It's HTTPS colon double backslash www.youtube, Y-O-U-T-U-B-E dot com backslash. Watch, W-A-T-C-H, a question mark, small v equals S-I, and then it has a big O, C-V, big L, Y, capital K, small U, capital E, K. That's three minutes and 27 seconds for this video. In my opinion, this video is really worth watching because it clarifies so many things about the inconsistencies in the gospel recording. Furthermore, each of the four gospels say that Jesus was crucified on the cross. Here's additional proof from witnesses. Matthew 27 verses 50 through 54 says, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth quaked and the rocks were split and the graves were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the graves after his, which is Jesus's resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. Mark 15, 37 through 39 says, And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. Then the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. So when the centurion who stood opposite him, which is Jesus, saw that he cried out like this and breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. Luke 23, verses 46 through 48 says, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. So when the centurion saw what had happened, he glorified God, saying, Certainly this was a righteous man. John 19, verses 33 through 35 says, So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Therefore, because it was a preparation day that the body should not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs, which is the three, the two criminals and Jesus, their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Then the soldiers came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs, but one of the soldiers pierced his, which is Jesus's, with a spear and immediately blood and water came out and he who had seen has seen has testified and his testimony is true and he knows that he is telling the truth so that you may believe and that's the apostle john who's writing that which means he saw it and he's trying to tell you it is really true i'm an eyewitness i saw it and i know it when you think of all of this it's mind-boggling to think that there are many christians who have lost their faith are those who never chose faith in Christ because of insignificant inconsistencies in the Bible such as these. When people quote you things in the Bible, always read about a chapter before and a chapter after so that Jesus Christ can help you discern whether any of the points or inconsistencies are worth losing your salvation over. Remember John 3, 16 through 19 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, regardless of whatever you did in your life in the past. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Don't let people confuse you about Christ and lead you into darkness. Check things out thoroughly so you will follow the light that only Jesus can provide. I want you to know that since this is an example of the positive influence God has made on my life through the Bible, this podcast that I shared with you may not reflect all of the whole meaning of the Bible verses and passages I have shared. They're just how this particular Bible verse or passage related to my life and how it makes the Bible more personal to me and my daily walk with Christ. Thank you for joining us at Relate to the Bible. I look forward to you joining us next time where you will hear more examples of how you can relate the Bible in ways that are especially meaningful to you.